Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. By all measures, I think that Ron DeSantis is the best, is the greatest governor that we have in this country, and one of our best political leaders, uh, one of the best political leaders we've ever seen, to be completely honest. But being a political leader does not mean you are ready to be president. And last night, Ron DeSantis announced that he was running for president in such a lackluster way and with such with a lack of energy that I think shows he's not prepared for the fight ahead. Now, that doesn't mean he can't win. It doesn't mean he should give up. It doesn't mean he shouldn't run. You can think that it means that he definitely needs media, people and charisma training. He needs to sit down a few hours every single day with a director, with with a charisma trainer to explain to him inflection. He needs to be explained how to speak, how to tell a story. We're getting a lot of uh, feedback now from the corporate press. I'm not big fans of theirs, as you know, but they are starting to point out something really interesting. Political rights. Trump had an escalator. DeSantis had a meltdown. Two weird campaign launches of the modern era by the numbers. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's important to point out the, the, the terrible strategic planning of the DeSantis launch. And while many of the pro-DeSantis people are going to be very angry, they don't like me hearing these things. I am getting increasingly frustrated with this line that in my mind speaks to absolute failure speaks to the absolute inability to understand how to win a presidential election. And that is this idea that Ron said his policies are so great. How could you dare say a, a bad word of him? Well, look, his policies are great. Look, I, 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 he's fantastic. He's, he's cranking out these policies like a machine, making Florida the place to be. And you know, what? I can, I can respect that. And that's why people want to live in Florida. That's why people are flocking to Florida. But, you know, when it comes to a presidential election, we're not just talking about Florida. We are talking about the entirety of the country. We're not talking about a state that has become reliably red because of Ron DeSantis. We're talking about all the blue areas as well and all the suburbs. Can Ron DeSantis win? I do think so. I think Biden's a disaster. If it's going to be Trump or DeSantis, look, either of these men will get my vote. But I lean towards Trump for a variety of reasons. One, I think electability matters. But uh, I do think Trump is the guy to go in and fire everybody. Not that he's the best policymaker or is of the most sound mind. 
My view is we need someone who will go in and start firing the bureaucrats. No question. The motivation there is on Trump. I got to be honest, when it comes to policy, when it comes to understanding what's going on, Ron DeSantis is the guy. What frustrates me is I would love to see Ron DeSantis get up on stage, stand next to Trump and say, people of this country, we cannot, we will not take anything less than what we deserve. Instead, did y'all see the announcement? Freedom is worth fighting for. That's why I'm running for president. Okay, look, man, y'all get mad at me. I had someone on Timcast IRL last night say in the super chat, Tim, you've got Trump derangement syndrome. Why don't you actually talk about policies? Because we all agree with the policies because there's no question about the policies. Donald Trump, you know, he can bring in some bad people. His policies can be fairly imperfect. And you know what? I'm worried about that. And Donald Trump may have this this negative character depiction, which could negatively impact him when it comes to suburban women. I don't know for sure. So I'm willing to say, let's take it to the primary. But it is frustrating to me to see the lackluster personality of Ron DeSantis be defended by so many people. And I, I just want to jump straight to this tweet. Let me see if um, let me see if I can pull up this uh, this tweet right here. Do we have this? No, I don't have it pulled up. Basically, what uh, what somebody was saying is if you want if you want an idiocracy clown show, then you can you can vote for Trump. But if you want real policy leadership and this reminds me of the very stodgy Ben Shapiro esque take on American cultural politics. Now, I'm not trying to drag Ben Shapiro. No, I think Ben, ben Shapiro is fantastic. But what I mean to say is when he says facts don't care about your feelings, he puts that tweet out, hundreds of thousands of retweets, and all of these suit wearing buttoned up conservatives are like, here, here, I say, here, here, but brilliant. Meanwhile, the emotionally driven average person doesn't care, isn't retweeting it. We're talking about selling a product. You do not sell a product for the most part, by touting the wonderful function and features of this product, especially if you're selling ideology. Now, my my perspective comes because I did street canvassing. I did events and marketing for nonprofits. And I will tell you, okay, I will tell you, I'll do the hand thing like Trump. You have to understand when you're talking to someone, you have to become them. You have to speak to them in a way that inspires them. When I used to fundraise for Greenpeace, I walk up to somebody and I say something like, look, we've got a very serious problem around the world with the trees being torn down at alarming rates, a football field every minute. And with your support today, we're going to make a big difference and make this planet better. That's why we need you to sign. Do you think they're going to be like, oh, yeah, this sounds great. They give you these scripts and they're like, go there and read this. They're like, hi, my name is Tim. I'm from Greenpeace. We're going to save the forest because the forest, you can tell them all the data points in the world. It does not matter. And this is what these companies didn't understand. But you know, what? I, I get it. You want to know how I would get someone to sign up for insert nonprofit? I won't be very specific. One, you, you become the person you speak to. Now, you can't do that when you're running for president. I get it. But you can strike at the lowest common denominator, which is strong leadership. What is the kind of personality you need to attract everybody? So doing nonprofit work, I wouldn't say something like, did you know that today polar bears are... I'd say, hey, look, man, we're all in this together. I come out here every single day and I see people throwing garbage on the ground. Why do I have to live with that? Why do you have to live with that? Now, I know that everybody is busy and not everyone 
can come out here and do the work that I'm doing. But you know what? You can make a difference. You can be the hero today. And all you got to do is sign this form for less than a cup of cost of a cup of coffee. You know, you have peace of mind. You're the good guy. You are the hero. Don't be like them. Don't be like the people who are going to burn this place to the ground. Be the person to save the world. I didn't say anything about what we were doing. Now, of course, I'd say, look, you know, here's some quick data points. Sometimes depends on the person you're talking to. But I just tell people you're going to be a superhero today. You are going to be the superhero. This is the real world. We don't fly around with capes. We don't we don't fight crime in the streets to make the world a better place. We recognize the problems we face. We stand up to them in the way that we can. So as you, my friend, are off to work, maybe to make a coffee machine, maybe because you're going to go save a life at a hospital. You don't have the time to strap yourself to a tree and say, we need these to breathe. But what you can do is outsource that to us and know that you are standing on the front line of the last bit of defense this planet has. Come on. You know, it's probably frustrating for me because I did that work. But DeSantis, he doesn't have it. I want to play this for you. I'm, I'm, I'm ranting too much. I want to play just this quick clip and I want to show you Barack Obama. All right. Redheaded libertarian captured the uh, full presidential announcement. I'll only play a quick, a quick little bit for you. Listen to this. Well, I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. Look, we know our country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our eyes. And we feel it in our bones. Our southern borders collapse. Drugs are pouring into the country. Our cities are being hollowed out by spiking crime. The federal government's making it harder for the average family to make ends meet and to attain and maintain a middle class lifestyle. And our president, well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenges, and he takes his cues from the woke mob. I don't think it has to be this way. American decline is not inevitable. It is a choice. Oh, man, like, you know, if you were to transcribe that and then get someone else to read it to me, I'd be like, yes, yes. Okay, so I pulled up Barack Obama's announcement. Listen to this. All right. Where I came to believe that through this decency, we can build a more hopeful America. And that is why in the shadow of the old state capitol, where Lincoln once called on a house divided to stand together, where common hopes and common dreams still live, I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for President of the United States of America. Come on, man. <laughs> Dude, there's no comparison. None whatsoever. Guys, DeSantis team, pay attention to this. We all love Ron DeSantis. Like, I know the Trump people are ragging on him, but you know that if he wasn't going up against Trump, they'd be screaming he's the greatest. The real issue, I think, with Trump supporters is that this is dividing the base. Well, for the most part, the base is with Trump, but it's dividing some people and they don't want to see Trump be challenged. They want Trump to win. But everybody agrees DeSantis has the policies. But come on. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. 
And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. That energy. Need our great American comeback. Look, we know, uh, you know, the, probably the our great American comeback. Oh, man. You know, I was saying the other night on IRL that uh, maybe what I'll do is I will read Ron DeSantis's one minute Twitter video with vigor and passion. But instead of saying I'm running for president, I will instruct you all to purchase chickens. I will put more energy into chicken advocacy than Ron DeSantis puts into the to running for president. There's something else that I want to highlight. And I have this tweet from uh, Matt Lewis. I think he writes for the Daily Beast. I'm not sure. Who's this guy? A columnist for the Daily Beast. <laughs> I don't like the Daily Beast. But check this out. He says, forget the glitch. I was struck by how insidery and very online DeSantis's launch was. He used terms like the narrative, Bitcoin, ESGs, debanking, and elite cabals. It felt more like a right-wing podcast than a mainstream campaign launch. He says, the problem with being very online is that most Americans aren't. Twitter is not the real world, yet for many of us, it feels like it is. This distorts our perception, which is a bad problem for a politician to have agreed. Trump doesn't have it. In fact, Trump often ignores what we think online. He touts Operation Warp Speed, even though all of us online are like, bro, that's the bad thing. No, Trump, Trump is in a different world, for better or for worse. Lewis says, to be sure, if you're a fanboy who lives in this niche, having a presidential candidate talk about these issues finally must feel refreshing and edgy. Like Trump, DeSantis seems more committed to narrow casting to a concentrated fan base than broadcasting to the masses. Perhaps, perhaps. Batya Unger Sargon says, spot on. If you're very online, aka part of the elites, yes, we are the laptop class. The heartbeat of your populism is fighting wokeness, the luxury belief of the right. If you're working class and live in the real world, the heartbeat of your populism is an economy that grants dignity to people who work hard. Here, here. She continues, of course, GOP base doesn't like wokeness, but a lot of that is because it's perceived as intolerant. And if you fight wokeness with an even perceived uh, with even perceived intolerance, that's going to be a turnoff even to people who agree. And it's clear DeSantis' engine truly revs up when he's talking about freedom and fighting the woke the way Trump does when he's talking about jobs or China. And I think that for me was the main takeaway from last night. Remember that DeSantis ad featuring Reagan? One quick anecdote. I was in Florida recently and a Republican truck driver told me this about DeSantis. Quote, he started out being the guy protecting our freedom. We were open all through COVID. Now he's the guy taking it away. Look at that abortion bill. I thought that was well put. Well, We'll see how that all plays out. But uh, we are we are getting a, a, a lot. A lot is coming through. Ron DeSantis tries to make light of the disastrous Twitter launch by saying he broke the Internet, calls Biden a listless vessel and lays out his 2024 blueprint after wobbly start. OK, you didn't break the Internet, dude. You broke Twitter like Elon Musk. 
A lot. I think Elon Musk may be the most important person in the world right now, at least perceivably. And a lot like, look, don't don't come at me and be like, you've got, you know, fanboy, you know, you're shilling. Dude, SpaceX, the ability to colonize other planets, reusable rockets. This stuff is on a level outside of anything else. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Not perfect. He's he, there's a big problem with Turkey and all that stuff, but he is doing some of the most important work right now. And the fact that he has the means and the capability to do it gives him that leg up. He built it to that point. But I really do think SpaceX is, is the most important. I, I absolutely respect Elon Musk. I think he is absolutely uh, worthy of heavy criticisms. But no joke, SpaceX, I, I just, it just trumps everything else. That being said, this was a disaster. I see someone tweet. I haven't, I haven't fact checked this one, but they said that PlayStation had a, 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 a live stream with 757,000 people. No issues. If Ron DeSantis launched this on YouTube, it would have been way better. Let me tell you about some of the problems. When I can go back and pull up Barack Obama's fiery speech where he says, and that is why I stand before you in the shadow of a building where Abraham Lincoln tried to, to unite a divided nation. And I announce, and his, his voice is going up, my candidacy and the Oh, and the, the, the temperature is rising for president of the United States of America. And I, ah, everyone starts screaming. Ron gives us a crashed Twitter space that around 60% of people left and didn't stick around to watch, to listen to an audio only format where he said, I'm running for president of the United States of America to lead the great American comeback. And if you are, oh, you will not be able to revisit this. I mean, you, you kind of can. But what we needed was a rally. What we needed was Ron DeSantis surrounded by supporting fans like Barack Obama did. And he, you know, it's remarkable because I've heard from these moderates and I've talked about this when they say they don't like Trump because of his attitude and things like that. And Ron had an opportunity to be that contrasting character. Like I said last year, Ron, if he is like Trump, but with better character, he's going to win. What are we seeing now? Yeah, he's got the policies, but his character is like a wet sponge. Look, man, and, and I know people, the DeSantis people get mad. I'm not trying to insult Ron DeSantis. Again, I think he is the one of the greatest political leaders we've ever seen. No question. Military experience. Amazing. But yo, if you cannot for a presidential launch, have a director speak to this man. I, ju I just don't see how you're going to win. I do not see how you're going to rally people who don't care about issues. I do not see how you're going to rally the average person who, who, who lives on emotion and not facts. You go to the American people and you say, this country is in trouble. The economy is getting worse. Our border is porous and there is a war overseas threatening life as we know it. We cannot stand one more minute of this. That is why I am announcing today. Come on. Look, you know, I know people are going to be like, you think you can do better than Ron. I, I am saying I am in no way qualified to be a political leader. I do not have one iota of the political leadership that Ron DeSantis has, nor would I ever understand how to navigate that crazy world. But there's one thing that I do understand that to at least a small degree, I, I can talk. I was able to fundraise very well. One of the best in the nation, mind you. And if some dude who complains on the internet is, is, is trying to tell you, <laughs> I don't understand how you missed that one. Tries to make light of his disastrous Twitter launch. 
He didn't break the internet. And it's and it's sad. Now, I, I do want to I'll provide some uh, clarification when they say that he's terminally online. That's true. And I think that is a major mistake. He turned the media narrative into this conversation around this hyper polarized, very esoteric set of circumstances, the narrative, big tag, you know, whatever. And it's all true. It shows me that the strength of Ron DeSantis in understanding the culture war is also his greatest weakness. You need to understand how to play the game and play the game right. Ron DeSantis has enacted a ton of policies which have attracted tons of people to Florida. But you have to understand there's a lot of people who aren't fleeing these locations. Now, I think if you look at the polling, you'll see that you and I are probably correct. Ron DeSantis is probably correct. There is a large opportunity to capture people based on the issues that we discuss. There's a reason why this narrative tends to be more dominant. The conversations we have are the pertinent ones. And Ron is, is correct to address them, but not in the way he did. A presidential announcement needs to be, it, it needs to be energetic and it needs to strike at the emotion that people feel, not the hard facts. Listen, two plus two is four. We all agree. And they said two plus two was five. And people are going to be like, look, man, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if you say, you know, here's, here's how I do it. And I'm not saying I'm right, okay? I don't know. I'm just telling you, here's how I see it, and here's how I'd do it. I'd get up on stage and say, in 2015, a great man descended from an escalator to announce to this country that we would not accept the failed policies from the Democratic Party. That man was Donald Trump. And they tried everything they could to stop him. And you know what happened? The people of this country eventually said, we would prefer someone else. Because despite the fact that this man, Donald Trump, gave us so many great things, there were questions people had about character and about ability to lead beyond his first term. I, as a big fan of Donald Trump, stand before you today to say, I will carry on what this man did, but I will do it with more tact, more vigor, and I will do this for you, the American people. Something like that. Now, maybe it's a little negative. Maybe you could say, it's time for Donald Trump to pass down the torch and let someone else, someone younger and ready for this fight, take up the mantle to carry on what he brought us in 2016. I will not stand by. I think Ron should have praised Trump. I think he should have defended Trump. And then I think he should have said, but I am here to tell you that there is a new chance, a new opportunity, and I will not be the same. Instead, I don't know what, what, they're trying to, what, what they're trying to bring us. You've got this cold, calculating, very dry, conservative, conservative approach, which does, doesn't work. Like, I'll tell you this for people like me. I'm not a conservative. OK, I can sit here and argue pro-choice with Seamus and Warren Davidson, you know, on the members only show, Tim Cast IRL. I am not like the Democrats, though, and they want to just like kill a baby at any point. I'm like, that's crazy. I have libertarian philosophical issues that but I, but I probably lean closer Oh, I literally lean closer to Republicans and pro-lifers than I do Democrats, which is insane. But my point is simply, as a former uh, urban liberal type, still consider myself to be liberal. I look at Ron DeSantis and I think, boring. I look at Donald Trump in 2016 and I said, yeah, right. And then Trump gave us a first term, a booming economy, foreign policy that was something to behold. And I said, wow. You know, I, I, he's actually done a pretty good job. And despite the things about him that are off-putting to me, he's the guy for the job. Now, I recognize clearly 
We've got to get rid of the deep state. We've got to get rid of the bureaucrats who pass over from administration to administration. They've got to be fired. I don't think Ron's that guy. And you're not going to convince me, the more independent minded voter, to vote for a Ron DeSantis when I look at him and I say, yeah, policies are good, but character is not there. Vigor is not there. Energy is not there. I feel like with what we've seen of Ron, I'll tell you what really, really worries me. Without the ability to stand up on stage and be angry and be passionate. I'm not convinced that when you go into the negotiating table, there's a difference. You know, I see a Ron DeSantis get up on stage and say freedom is worth fighting for. And I imagine a guy going into a negotiating room, going into the table, sitting down with bureaucrats and Democrats, and they say, no, we're not going to pull out of Syria. We're going to we're going to bolster our forces there and we're going to continue funding the war in Ukraine. It's not going to stop until we crush Russia. And we don't care if World War Three is next. And he's going to go. But peace is worth fighting for. And they're going to go. Nice try. Instead of someone like Donald Trump, who looks at them and says, no, you listen to me. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, no, we won't be doing it. And I will tell you this. I will have your jobs. That's what I think of when I think of Trump. You're fired. Did he do perfectly? No. At this point, though, not that I trust Donald Trump. Right. I think there were problems this first term. Hands down. I think Trump wants revenge. And I think that is the one guarantee that really puts me over the halfway mark on why I would support Trump over DeSantis. DeSantis seems like the kind of guy who's going to come in and say, listen, the American people are tired of these foreign wars. So let's let's find a solution that we can agree on that will result in something the people will care about. And they'll say we can lie to them. How about we keep our troops in Syria and Ukraine? We just lie to them. And well, OK, we could do that. I mean, I think we should get our troops out. No, we're going to lie. And if you if and then they're going to slide a picture of JFK over and be like, do as you're told, sir. And he's going to be like, well, OK. That's what I see. I do not see the powerful voice saying, America, you stand with me and we will take back this country from the corrupt bureaucrats, from the corrupt establishment. We will make America great again like Donald Trump does. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I don't know. I know know the response I'm going to get from a lot of people is like, it's all emotional. It's all emotional. I'm like, that's where people are at. If Donald Trump can improve on policy, okay. But his foreign policy was the best I'd ever seen in my lifetime. No new wars, ending wars. And Joe Biden took that from us. 
You know what? You know what I'd say? I'd say Donald Trump gave you a taste of what this country could be once again. He said, I will make America great again. And he got there. He did with a booming economy, a timeline to end these endless wars in the Middle East, an effort to secure our borders, the likes of which we had never seen before to make this country safe, to make it strong. And they took it away from you. With Joe Biden's presidency, we have seen a disaster at the southern border. We have seen a disaster in the economy. Your jobs being taken away, your wages declining, your costs increasing. And now we are embroiled once again in foreign wars that drain the coffers of this once great nation. Joe Biden and the Democrats took that from you. And I genuinely believe that. And I want to see Donald Trump fulfill his promise And I want to see him smash that hammer, the final nail, right into the coffin of the establishment and say, this country will be great again. I do not feel that from Ron DeSantis. I just absolutely do not. I feel it from Barack Obama. And that's why I voted for him in 2008, because I saw that speech, hope and change. Can we do it? Yes, we can. And I said, look, I don't know about none of that. But he was saying, we're going to bring our troops out of the Middle East. We're going to lower that number. It should never have happened. And I said, okay, now you could come up here. You could be charismatic, all that stuff. That doesn't hit to me, right? I was an activist. I was paying attention. But a lot of people were voting on emotion. And then Barack Obama gets in and he says, I'm going to blow up kids. Too many of them. (laughs) Villages in Pakistan, drone strikes. Trump's not perfect either. But the efforts he made with the Abraham Accords, with uh, uh, crossing into the DMC, I say that one because I know it's symbolic, but we're really, really bold moves. Trump was working towards peace, the likes of which we had never seen. He wanted to build a border barrier to secure this nation. I agree. They come out and say Trump never built the wall. And I say he secured some of the most important areas on the border. I don't expect a man in a single term to 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 end the crisis at the border. He brought auto manufacturing back to Michigan. And once again, as soon as Biden gets in, they start leaving. Yeah, the Biden administration, the Democrats represent stealing what your parents and our ancestors left for us, built for us, sacrificed for us. It represents chopping down the trees whose shade our parents knew they would never sit beneath. But they knew that if they planted those seeds, you, those who come after them would have something to sit beneath. And Democrats and Joe Biden represent hacking that away into bits so that we can bake in the sun. We can reverse that, but we need people to stand up. Maybe Ron DeSantis is better suited to be a VP or a chief of staff, someone who can guide Trump on policies and help Trump become the best possible president. And maybe that's where we end up. And if I look back on this video after hearing Ron DeSantis's announcement and I see that he becomes the VP and Trump unites with him, it will be a force to be reckoned with. It will be one of the best presidential tickets we have ever seen in my lifetime, especially. Donald Trump is an imperfect man in so many ways. His character flawed. He says nasty things about people and sometimes nasty things about nasty people. And I can I can understand that. But despite those flaws, the reason why we are so ready The reason why he won in the first place, I now understand. And I did not vote for him because when I was upset 
that Barack Obama lied. I didn't trust reality TV real estate mogul. Certainly didn't trust Hillary Clinton. I said, leave me out of your insane games. These elections are strange. But Donald Trump does uh, pull through on his promises in many ways. And it seems like the first time in my lifetime, a president who is actually authentic. And despite the attitude, the problems that I had with his attitude, at the very least, I knew he was being himself. He was being true to himself. When Trump was challenged by Megyn Kelly saying, you know, you call women fat pigs, he goes, only Rosie O'Donnell. And everybody laughs. You want to understand that moment? Trump did not say, he did not hem and haw and say, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. He didn't deny or deflect. He owned it, owned it and used it against one of his critics. It's incredible. Not that I think it shows uh, great decorum. But thinking back on that, I was just like, I don't I, you know, it's 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 nonsense. It's WWE. Now, I, now I understand when people tell me they say, look, it's because Obama was a liar and nine million people supported him. But he was a liar. He came out, he said things. And then it turned out he didn't mean him. He was just charming and charismatic. Trump is crude. He's crass. He lacks the decorum, but he's being himself. And he did good things. He did bad things, too. A lot of people say I shouldn't support him because they want to make good the enemy. Uh, or what do they say? Good, the enemy of the perfect. Is that, the, is that the saying that any political leader must be perfect? OK, I'll take a Dave Smith over any of them any day, but I'm also realistic. You need billions of dollars to run. And so uh, we'll see how the Libertarian Party goes. I'm very excited for this. I think a Dave Smith presidency would be fantastic. But I think at the end, Donald Trump does offer us something substantive that I think is worth taking for a second term. I'm not going to keep ranting on this, but I could, I could go on for a million years. We'll see how it plays out. More to come at 1 p.m. I'm fighting to sneeze, you noticed. More to come at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. From Get Woke, Go Broke to the Bud Light Effect, describing the process by which a company adopts less than popular products or advertising and then sees their market share rapidly decline. That's what we are experiencing right now with the news story related to Target. The New York Post says Target loses $9 billion in, a w- in the week following boycott calls over LGBTQ friendly kids clothing. The Bud Light effect. Now, you can call it get woke, go broke. That pertains to a lot of things. But what we're seeing now is directly linked to Bud Light. Let me explain. So Bud Light's easy to boycott. Its brand is fairly ubiquitous, but also fairly worthless. To the average person who wants to get drunk, they could certainly buy a Bud Light or they could buy a Coors Light or a Miller Light or maybe they could buy good beer. And when it comes to going to a sporting event, probably people don't care all that much about what low quality cheapo beer they're buying. So when it comes to boycotting Bud Light, the average person simply says, I'll take a Coors or a Miller. Doesn't mean anything to me. This has resulted in a stock drop off and a major sales decline. But you all knew that. But now things are getting interesting. With the success of the Bud Light boycott, companies now fear the Bud Light effect hitting them if they adopt woke policies or sell woke products. In this case, Target very quickly pulled a whole bunch of their pride merchandise from the front of their stores, removing them outright, taking them off their websites or hiding them in the back. Publicly, the CEO says, don't worry, we still we're still with you, LGBTQ community. But they're scared about what regular people will think or say when they walk into a store and see wokeness. Now, this is the Bud Light effect. 
when people who had invested in Bud Light lost money because Bud Light went woke, they were not happy. And they were assured by Anheuser-Busch in Bev, don't worry, things will get better. It's a blip. Over one month later, now going on two months, the stock has dropped more when it should be going up. Even I thought the stock drop off would not go that far. And now they've wiped out a year of gains. So what do you think happens to somebody who's holding stock in, say, Target? Let's say you got a bunch of stock in a bunch of different companies. You hear about the Bud Light situation and you think to yourself, I don't know if I want to hold any more of that stock because it's getting bad. Now, one thing I did point out a few weeks ago was that there could be a cascade effect in the collapse of the stock of Anheuser-Busch. If the stock keeps falling, then somebody who's holding on to it says, I'm cutting my losses and sells, triggering more sell-offs. Now, people have to want to buy it for sure. But if nobody's buying, the price keeps going down until it finds someone who will. The more the price drops, the more the people want to sell, creating a runaway sell-off where people say the brand is toxic. This is crazy. I thought the stock drop off would be a few percentage points. I thought sales would stabilize down and they'd, they'd carry on and probably slowly recover from there. But now what we're seeing is as the news does not stop and the trend continues, Bud Light has become so toxic that they can't recover. It is it, you now get made fun of people are making meme videos about buying Bud Light. Making fun of people who do. Here's what happens when a regular person who doesn't know or care about politics, sees the path towards a million views and a million likes and a million followers as mocking Bud Light, they're going to do it. That creates the cultural runaway effect. Now that people are selling off Bud Light stock because the memes aren't stopping, anybody paying attention is going to be asking themselves, should I hold the stock? Probably going to say no. And the more that narrative persists, the more people are going to want to sell. Don't be the last one holding a hot potato. That's the mentality. So how does this relate to Target? When news of what happens to Bud Light reaches the people and then they see the boycott targeting Target. I love how that that works semantically or um, linguistically. Then they start wondering to themselves, what if I'm the one left holding the hot potato? That's right. If we perceive stock as being at risk because of getting woke and going broke. People now hearing about the target boycott may say, look, I don't know nothing about this. All I know is the last time this happened, the stock tanked and I lost 15%. I'm going to sell now before I lose 15%, especially if you've got a lot of money tied up in the stock. And that appears to be what is happening. Take a look at this. Target Corporation, as of today, is down 2.69%. Now, of course, there's a bunch of other stocks, Lowe's, Amazon, everybody's down a little bit, but let's, let's, let's extend this. Okay, in the past five days, 10%. In the past month, 11.5%. Now, when I first saw this, I said, look, there's, there, there may be other reasons why Target Corporation stock is on the decline. So I pulled up the year. And while there have been low points, and there have been high points, It seems that Target is now headed for the lowest point in the entire year. That means whatever happened, Target has just wiped out a year of gains in the past week or so. Now, don't get me wrong. They saw some gains. They saw some dips. They've seen some spikes. But what happened as of May 17th, 
that the stock price went from 160 to 139.4. I can't say definitively. I don't know. Everybody's stock is down a little bit. This happens. These swings happen. But I do believe that we are likely witnessing the Bud Light effect because of the mass media response to the conservative boycott. People are like, I'm not going to be the one last out the door. The fire alarm went off. I'm first one out the building because the people who still hold that stock may see within the next couple of weeks, it go down to $100. Nobody wants to be left holding the empty bag. Things are getting interesting. The success over Bud Light has created a shockwave rippling across the stock market. And people are now starting to realize, I don't want to be on the, on the short end of that stock sell-off. The New York Post reports, Target has lost $9 billion in market value since the angry social media users called for a boycott of the Minneapolis-based retailer over its rollout of the Pride collection featuring LGBTQ-friendly clothing for children. A week ago, Wednesday, before the controversy erupted, Target's stock closed at $160, 160.96, so about 161. Given the big box chain of market capitalization of $74.3 billion, as of early trading on Thursday, however, shares of the company's company were trading off 1%, capping a week-long tumble that has shrunk the cheap, chic discount retailer's value to 653 Now, they wrote this, it's gotten worse. It's down nearly 3%. That amounts to a 12% drop that has shaved a whopping $9 billion off the company's market capitalization. Shave off another couple percentage, because since this article was written, they've gone down even more. Target said on Tuesday, it was removing some items from its stores and making other changes to its LGBTQ plus merchandise nationwide ahead of Pride Month after intense backlash from some customers who confronted workers and tipped over displays. Quote, since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work, Target said in a statement on Tuesday. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. Here's what you can do. If you have no opportunity to shop anywhere else because Target is the only store in your area, complain. That's it. Politely. Say, can I speak to a manager? Say, you know, you guys have a strong monopoly here, but I, am exp- I-, I will do what I must not to shop here if you are going to be selling these things to children. Okay? Polite calm. I would like to formally complain. You can probably complain online. You see, this is a tactic the left used rather successfully forever. But now because Bud Light, that was the linchpin, these companies are starting to get scared. Look, if a video game company gets woke, it's hard to win that cultural fight because the video game market, while very large, is still not very mainstream. The average person who's going to work, they're not worrying about whether or not Battlefield 1 has a pink haired woman with a you know, with a prosthetic hand or something. But some people complain about it. And what, is, what does the company say? They say, well, if you don't like the game, don't buy it. And the funny thing happens, people don't buy it. And then they're like, wait, please come back. But ultimately, it doesn't have a big impact on the mainstream. But Bud Light does. And that cracked the dam. Now, when conservatives come out and say, we are going to boycott this product, the most important thing is the companies say, our stock will go down. And if it does, and it creates a cascade effect, we could tank. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Regular people are just going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm selling off. These companies don't want that. They're going to say, this was just, they say, uh, they said customers knocked down pride displays at some stores, angrily approached workers and posted threatening videos on social media from inside the stores. Wow. That was just days after Target CEO Brian Cornell had defended the LGBTQ minus. I, I, I think it's just funny that there's a minus like minus friendly merchandise saying it was the right thing for society. Well, you're wrong. If people want to live the way they want to live, that's totally fine. If people want to have specialty shops, I think that's fine. But putting prominent displays of a sexual nature in front of stores for children is not appropriate. If they put a busty woman like squeeze, you know, squeezing her boobs or something, I'd be like, dude, not appropriate. OK, for kids. There's a line. Y'all are crossing it. You shouldn't bring your kids to Hooters. And that's and that's really funny, too, because women have boobs. You know, it's like the fact that a restaurant exists to accentuate the women's boobs and try and make money off it. It's like that's a line I don't think kids should be going to. And some parents bring them there. Not illegal, but like, you know, crass and crude for for sure. That's the thing I'll say about uh, Target is that they're going way over the line. Now, if Hooters had women wearing pasties, or their whole menu was predicated upon overtly sexual themes, I'd say that's crossing the line. But it's it's near. It's near. I'd say don't bring your kids there, but they're allowed to exist. They exist specifically so you can go and see boobs while you eat. If Target existed specifically just to sell to the LGBT community and parents wanted to bring their kids there, I'd say probably not appropriate, but you make that choice. As for Target as a general location for the average person, we are seeing parents say no. Let's talk about how spicy things have gotten for Bud Light. Budweiser is giving away its beer for free. (laughs) Woo! You want to be like Budweiser? By all means, you do it with my blessing. And then you'll have to give away your product for free. But I got to be honest. If I go to a store and I see it says free beer Bud Light, I will take it. I absolutely will. You know, because we can use it for a whole bunch of stuff. We can break it. On camera, we can throw it in the garbage. We can get rid of it. Now, I got to be honest, I probably would not take it. The reason why they're giving the the beer away for free is because it costs money to remove it. If you're a business that has a whole bunch of Bud Light in the back, in the storeroom, in the coolers or whatever, you're sitting there thinking like this stuff's going to expire and I got to pay someone, excuse me, to remove it. I'll tell you what. Take it for free. You ever see those things on Craigslist where it's like free couch, just come and take it. It's because nobody wants to do the work or pay to have it removed. You take it. It's free. Sometimes they'll put it on the curb and say free stuff. My friends used to drive around looking for free stuff, drop offs or yard sales because people are trying to get rid of things they don't want. They don't want to pay to get rid of it. Bud Light is so toxic right now. They're giving it away for free and they still can't get rid of it. Look at this. 20-pack price, $15, less $15 QR code. Scan the code, save $15. Yo, this is nuts. It's nuts because before it was like with a rebate. Now the rebate's like, it's instant. Amazing. $15.7 billion market value decline. Oh, boy. 
Look at that. I think they have another. Um, I think they have another beer, not radio. They say beer business daily editor Harry Schumacher told Fox News Digital the whole industry is in shock over the. <laughs> I thought they had another picture of the. But uh, I guess not. They say in the latest scramble to return the good grace to the uh, to the good grace of customers, Bud Light revealed a new promotion called U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day rebate online. They need to get rid of this, ladies and gentlemen. Memorial Day is around the corner. We will not be here Monday. We're taking a three-day weekend. We're very excited. We're going to go check out the horse races, have a good time up in the mountains, and drink a nice cold beer. A yingling, probably, not a Bud Light. Here's the deal. Memorial Day is time for grilling. It's a time to go out by the lake with your friends, your family, and enjoy yourself a nice, a nice hot burger extra cheese, extra bacon, maybe a smash burger if you guys do the grill right. A mm. little salt, little onions, crack open a nice cold beer with the friends, throw the frisbee for the dog. Bud Light, this is a big day. This is their holiday. This is like beer holiday when people are all going out. It's a three-day weekend and they're going to be drinking. It's the start of summer. This is the moment. The unofficial start of summer. It's not the real start of summer. Kids are getting out of school. It's family time. And Bud Light was the cheapo beer that people would just bring along to have a nice, a nice beer with their food. Now, personally, I would not want to drink Bud Light. I, 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 in all seriousness, I, I wouldn't. I don't like light lagers. If I'm drinking a beer, I'm drinking a beer. And I'm not saying it's going to be like anything crazy, like it's got to be Guinness. Guinness is good, but Guinness is for its own occasion. No, I think Yingling is good. Decently light. I'm not a big beer guy as it is, and I don't really drink all that often. But if I'm going to have a beer, it's going to be something, I don't know, substantive at the very least. It ain't going to be a Bud Light. Now? It especially won't be a Bud Light. With Memorial Day around the corner, they are panicking and trying to get Bud Light out the door. Some local retailers have been offering 15 packs of lager uh, for less than $15, making the products free after rebate, excluding tax and state restrictions. The rebate will be paid via a digital prepaid card, according to Bud Light's site. No way. Is that? Let's see. I've actually not checked the Bud Light website. Let's see. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. It's like we got to check your birthday. Let's uh, let's just say I'm a hundred and I'm 117, 18 years old. There you go. Uh, let's see. Bud Light Blue. We carefully brew our beer. It's perfect. Yeah, they don't really say anything about it. I, I imagined they wouldn't because they don't want to accent to to uh, they, they don't want to make a problem worse on their own website. Bud Light Rewards earn amazing rewards. Yeah. OK, not interested. I'm fascinated by what we are seeing. Target tanking. Y'all are doing it. Now, don't be violent. That's, that's a big no-no, and that goes against our values, what we believe in. Because I'll tell you what works and why it works. The woke stuff, the Antifa stuff, was bound to fail. It doesn't work. It's chaotic. It's destructive. Communism just fails. And here's my view. You know, I was talking about this, and um, when I say it doesn't work, it's because over a long enough period of time, Chaos, destruction, violence. These things result in regular people becoming stressed out. And they say, leave me alone. And they walk into a target and it's right there. It's there again, screaming in your face. The people went around smashing windows and screaming, saying, follow us or else. You said, fine, fine, please just leave me alone. And then you walked into target and there's the big display and you're like, why won't it stop? And you say, we're leaving, we're leaving. For regular people, they're getting stressed out by this. They don't like to be shocked. I'll tell you something. I, I had a lot of fun with my earlier morning segment talking about DeSantis, but I want to talk to you about something else related to 
rallying people to a cause, and it's called reasonable boundaries. Everybody has a reasonable boundary. It is the line for which they cannot cross in the moment. In order to get them to cross that line, you have to coax them closer and closer to it. Let's say there's a scale. Let's say it's negative 100, 100. And the average person starts at zero. Zero is where you are on any given issue you've not, you're not familiar with. Now, for most political issues, let's say it's Bud Light. The average person probably has a moderately net favorable view of beer in general. So they'd say, let's say 100 is very favorable and negative 100 is you absolutely despise the brand. The average person starts off at a plus 10, leaning towards favorable. Don't really know that much about it. Don't really care. It is beer, though. Beer is great. And oh, yeah, I've heard of Bud Light. How do you get a person from 10 all the way to negative 100? You can't just one day walk up to them and demand that they scream and protest Bud Light. They won't do it. They'll say, I don't care. Their reasonable boundary is perhaps the zero mark. Their reasonable boundary in the positive direction is perhaps the 10. Or, I'm sorry, the 20. What I'm trying to say is a person's opinion can only shift so much in one direction in a given amount of time. This is known as reasonable boundaries when it comes to persuasion, sales, manipulation, social engineering, etc. How do you get someone to despise Bud Light? Well, the Dylan Mulvaney thing was probably the most powerful thing that Bud Light could have done because it immediately put the average person from 10 to minus 10. They're not at the point to where they're throwing, they're, they're burning Bud Light in the streets. Kid Rock was, and Kid Rock probably was favorable. But a person like Kid Rock, a person like us, our reasonable, reasonable boundaries are different when it pertains to political issues because we're very, very, very active in it. So our reasonable boundaries pertaining to political issues is wider because we are already angry and our boundaries are already negative. So what happens is the Dylan Mulvaney program puts Bud Light instantly in this quadrant where we're already very negative. They jumped right into it. For the average person, it pulled them negative to where they're like, I, I don't want to buy that. I, I don't know much about it, but I'm not going to buy it. This is the important thing people need to understand when it comes to marketing, because recovering from this is damn near impossible. For those of us who are already entrenched in political culture war issues, Bud Light is now negative 100. We are like, we are not touching it. We don't like it. The whole company should go under. How do you get us back to zero where we're neutral on the brand? They announced this veterans program they're doing, camo cans. It moved the needle zero, zero. If they were to come out and apologize right now, it would only move them up to like a negative 60, right? We'd be like, well, that was good, but we're still really angry and don't want to buy them because it's been too long and it's falling on deaf ears. My point is this. You can't convince someone overnight, but boy, howdy, did Budweiser do the absolute worst thing imaginable. And this is the Bud Light effect. Negative marketing. Pride has become negative marketing. Your stock will suffer when they embrace this is the message being portrayed in the media. We know a bunch of companies are going to put up the pride flags and that is going to be brand toxic now. So I wonder if the Bud Light effect will have serious repercussions, will, will hit Pride Month, as they call it, with all these brands changing their corporate logos. They run the risk of seeing a major stock drop off when regular people say enough. Because for the average person, they have been shifted into the negative on this ideology. If you want to associate your brand with a negatively viewed ideology, your stock will suffer. 
It's a it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is the scary thing. Whether you want it to or not, whether people care, the fear now exists within the population that this stuff will cause stock prices to fall and no one wants to hold the hot potato. I talked to a lefty uh, activist in like 2015. This woman, her family owned property in New York. She was woke. And I said to her, if a black family moved next to one of your buildings in New York, would you sell it? And she said, and she's woke. And she goes, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, really? I was like, you just snap said yes. Because we were talking about systematic, systemic racism and things like that. She said, yes. And I said, yeah, is that racist? And she was like, it's not about that they're black. It's just because the prices will go down. And I'm like, you're making the price go down by panic selling because a black family moved in. What she explained was, it doesn't matter if people are good or not. The market acts this way. And I said, the only reason the market acts this way is because of blockbusting. It's because of the racist policies from from back in the day. You got to break the cycle and say no. It's ridiculous that you would say it's racist. She didn't care. It was funny to me. And this is where I'm just like the woke people are nuts. They go and they preach all day and night. But when it's their money being threatened, they will absolutely be racist. For the longest time, the perception in the housing market has been that if minorities, not just black families, but any minority family moves in, the property value goes down. Blockbusting is when people would move minority families into white neighborhoods, then send, solicit people saying, oh, there goes the neighborhood. Better sell now before it's too late. They would sell. They would buy all these houses at a premium discount because people would panic that they kick out the black family and sell them all back at a premium markup. Evil. We made it illegal for a reason. My point is simply this. Woke people don't actually care. And so if the perception becomes in the market that if you adopt wokeness, your market value goes down, just like that woke woman, they will sell. Let's see where this goes. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. A video of a trans woman claiming to produce breast milk and then claiming to feed a baby with it is getting a lot of attention online. And it seems the general reaction from people on the right is shock. That this is not possible or that this is not milk or that it's wrong. Now, whether or not you think it's wrong, that's entirely your opinion, right? It's up to you to decide the moral lines you adhere to. I'm not saying it's right. As to whether or not males can produce milk, not even a question. So let me let me break this down. There's a lot to go over here in terms of what's legal, the risks to the child, whether or not there could or would be intervention and how you deal with this if you do find it morally wrong. The first thing we should address is the science question. Is this milk? Yes. Here's the story from the Post Millennial. Transgender mother appears to feed newborn baby with milky substance he claims secreted from his nipples after taking hormones. Now, you can phrase it that way, but I don't think you need to. 
Induced lactation is a thing. It exists and males can lactate. We know that. There are many males that lactate just because they do. Like it, 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 some, some males do. It's a rare, it's rare. It's considered, I believe it's considered a disorder. Sometimes tumors can cause it. Hormonal imbalances can cause it. Or you can induce lactation in human mammals, be it male or female. Now, the, the milk produced by males is not the same as milk produced by females, but it is substantively the same thing. Now, there are a lot of questions about the hormonal components of that milk and whether or not it is safe for a baby to consume milk from males. We don't have a whole lot of research on that. But there are a lot of questions around this pertaining to morality, cultural norms and standards, and legality. And I think we sh- I want to go through this story and uh, break it down for you. And then we'll talk about legality, morality. And yes, in fact, I do believe there is a, pers- a small percentage chance that in the future, this could become illegal. Now, I know the left is going to immediately come out and make the argument that I'm saying that a person who produces milk isn't legally like it's, it's an anti-trans thing. No, no, no. Look, parents have been arrested for feeding their children a- atypical things. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't know. I'm just saying it happens. You can ascribe morality where you see fit. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm taking the academic approach on this story. Parents who fed their children a raw fruit diet went to jail. They were feeding their kids. They were feeding their kids something that they ideologically believed the child should consume. The child became sick and died. The parents went to jail. That's where I'm saying this could come into effect. Just because a male can induce lactation does not mean that that milk is actually going to be substantive enough of a meal for the child and in fact could contain hormones in improper balances and cause serious harm to the child. We don't know. If a vegan parent feeding their kid fruit, which is literal food, can go to prison, then yes, there is a reality that this person could as well. Just depends on what the state decides to do. Considering that this is an issue of transgender uh, transition and things like that, I really doubt any politician, any DA is going to go after this individual unless we can see real harm befall this child, which I do have the stories to back it up. You do not get to hide behind LGBTQ issues to feed your child atypical things. If a baby needs to consume certain things and you do not give it those things or give it something else, you can be criminally charged. Again, I am not assigning morality or legality. I'm saying it has happened. And depending on jurisdiction, this person could go to prison for this. But I'll, but I'll, but I'll explain. All right. Postmillionaire writes, Tick, trans TikTok user Nominal Naomi, who announced on the viral video site that he had begun taking drugs for the purpose of inducing lactation, had posted a new video of himself caring for a baby and feeding that baby with a bottle filled with what he claims to be breast milk. Nominal Naomi referred to this as cow achievement and claimed to TikTok viewers that he was going to be a mother that it was in the works. The thing I often see about the trans issues is that they take a, a relatively derisive view of femini- femininity, like cow achievement. Uh, perhaps there are females who call themselves cows. Typically, it's an insult. But, you know, whatever. You do you. Queer joy, said nominal Naomi, showing pictures of an infant being fed the secretion from his male body. Look, you can call it trans male milk. Men can lactate. They can. Like, like As I mentioned, there are men who will start getting leaky nipples and go to the doctor and they'll say you have a hormone imbalance that's causing you to lactate. It happens to guys. You know, it was only a few days ago that the post-millennial revealed motherhood plans of PhD student nominal Naomi. Much as it turns out, 
to nominal Naomi's dismay. In response to a report from the Post Millennial, nominal Naomi tweeted about his plans to nurse a baby where the baby came from is unclear. Okay, come on. Let's just slow down here. Post Millennial, you can be morally opposed to this, and I think that's fair, but you got to unload the description of this. We know the baby was adopted. We know that males lactate. And it seems like because of the postmillennial writer's disgust and, and disagreement with this, Libby, of course, not surprised. Libby, I think it's fair to say that you find disgust in this, and I can understand that perspective. It's coming out in the writing. But, you know, look, by all means, you write as you, as you see fit. Just finished my morning pumping, nominal Naomi said on Twitter. And I can confirm to you that it is indeed breast milk. I can cite peer-reviewed journal articles about lactation and transamin, but they might be too hard for you to read because your post-millennial is written at an elementary school level. Yeah, look, if you can't convey an idea to the average person, you can't convey the idea. If you need to use special language to convey an idea and people can't understand it, then you can't actually convey that idea. Because it's actually quite simple. I can convey it very simply for the average person. There are a few different hormones that can block testosterone and stimulate breast milk production. Women naturally produce these hormones when they become pregnant. Men can be artificially uh, can artificially induce lactation by consuming these hormones. Actually, quite simple. Here we go. Let's read some more. There are some links. Nominal Naomi cites reports from medical libraries showing that men who believe themselves to be women have taken excessive amounts of drugs in the past to fuel lactation, despite not being female or mothers. The male cited in one article is advised to induce lactation despite also being prescribed clonazepam, zolpidum, and oral estradiol. Estradiol? To this regimen, drugs to induce lactation were added, notably domperidone, estradiol, and progesterone. I may be pronouncing that. Is, is it estradiol? These drugs were used to mimic pregnancy. The only reason for this course of action is vanity and narcissism, not the health of the child. Another article cited by Nominal Naomi states that breastfeeding in trans women has been greatly under-researched. And there, my friends, is the admission. This may result in criminal charges. I think it's highly, highly, highly unlikely. I am not saying there should be criminal charges. I am saying it is possible. Quote, despite the continuous growth of the transgender population, the article states, without giving any indication as to why a growing number of people would determine they would prefer to be the opposite sex, there remain several barriers to quality of quality health care for these patients, including stigmatization, as well as a lack of provider knowledge and experience in treating this population. The use of language surrounding fertility and breastfeeding remains heter- heterogendered, meaning that people who breastfeed are assumed to be straight and identify as women. This minimizes the experience of people outside of society's binary classification of gender. The use of misgendering language has a negative impact on mental health, self-esteem, and social I- and social identify of those who identify identity, is that what it meant? Of those who identify as non-binary. Nominal Naomi cites another source, this time from a group that teamed up with the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, which believes that children can have the gender identity of eunuch. In a defense of this claim, cited authors who fetishize children without genitals. Creepy. Still another advocates for gender transition to to be implemented in individuals at younger and younger ages, noting that this means reproductive rights of those who have intentionally, albeit before the age of consent, determined to remove their ability to have children naturally, etc., etc., etc. Naomi tweeted, yes, it is common for women who adopt children to induce lactation. It is. That's exactly what the Newman Goldfarb protocol was designed for. I believe that is correct. Yes. 
Women who adopt children will induce lactation so they can breastfeed those children. Breast milk is substantially better for babies, at least in my understanding, than formula. Although formula is a safe alternative for growing babies, breast milk contains hormones and other uh, nutrients and enzymes that help the baby develop and uh, become robust and strong. Formula does not have these things. One Twitter user noted, even if you think trans identity is valid, there needs to be a serious conversation about how trans women consistently get away with things that normal people would never get away with, ranging from illegal behavior to immoral behavior to shut up pedophilia as seen above. Okay, well, let's uh, let's 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 address that address this. I have this article from verywellfamily.com. The question of legality comes to mind. There's going to have to be some kind of adjudication on the issue, but simply put, if the breast milk produced by males is not a, is not producing nutrients, enzymes, uh, and other materials in the, the appropriate quantities, and the baby befalls harm, you will likely go to prison. And, and, and a lot of people, I think, take issue with this. I've heard so many stories about parents who should not have been arrested, who get arrested because they were either dumb or, or sad things happened. To put it simply, a parent who is vegan, who genuinely believes they are giving their child the appropriate food, can go to jail. That's the crazy thing. And it has happened. And it has happened more than once. It has happened many, many times. So if you're a parent and you read something on the internet and decide this is what my child needs and the child dies, they can and will lock you up. Now, imagine you're a male who induces lactation. We don't know what's in the breast milk. There's not been long-term studies done on these things. Let's say that is the principal source of nutrition for your child, and they die. I do not see a difference in you reading something online, taking drugs, and then giving a child breast milk that we don't know what it will do. To add to this, when you look at the overview of hormones in breast milk, you can see that there are a lot, prolactin, thyroid hormones, epidermal growth factor, beta endorphins, relaxin, erythropoietin, is that how you pronouncing it? Erythropoietin, cortisol, there are many, leptin, and there are also many other hormones such as progesterone, insulin, estrogen, androgens, gastrin, adiponectin, oh man, adiponectin, I got it, resistin, and ghrelin. Is that how you pronounce it? These hormones may also influence the baby's growth and development, but scientists are still exploring how. If a, uh, so, so what they do say in this article, which is pointed out very simply, is that the hormones of the mother can be transferred into the milk. If a male is taking a bunch of hormones, if a male is taking spironolactone, can that pass through to the breast milk is an interesting question. Spironolactone suppresses testosterone in the body. This can cause very serious side effects for a baby. Babies should not be randomly receiving something like spironolactone. Now, I don't know that it will pass into the milk. I'm saying we don't know. And thus, there is a possibility that if the milk is not good for the baby because of the copious amounts of drugs and hormones being taken by the biological male, it could cause serious harm to that baby. Just because your body can produce Milk doesn't mean it is befitting a child who has certain requirements to grow. Here's a, I think, I think I have the story. Uh, let's, uh, here we go. Vegan mom gets life in prison for starvation, death of son. Now you see this 
And you're like, oh, she starved the kid. She had the kid on a raw vegan diet. Now, if it was if it was a raw diet, kid would probably be fine. Nobody would care. A vegan woman convicted of murdering of murder in the malnutrition death of her young son was sentenced Monday to life in prison. Sheila O'Leary, 38, whose family followed a strict vegan diet, was convicted in, in June of six charges, first degree murder, aggravated child abuse and more. Her husband, Patrick O'Leary, remains in jail. The Cape Corral couple had their two children who were also malnourished, investigators said. The fourth child had been returned to her biological father during an earlier malnutrition case in Virginia, court records show. That's it. She got first degree murder for giving her children the wrong diet. Now, look, that's tough. I don't know where the government gets to come in and mandate what you give your kids. Imagine you didn't want to get your kid vaccinated for some particular disease or something, and the government came in and arrested you saying that you were neglecting your child. Or imagine the kid got sick and died and they say that's murder because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Parents are allowed to be dumb. And it's sad that kids may die from this. But I don't know how you deal with it. Can we really live in a world where the parents don't get to decide what their kids eat? At what point then can the government say they have to consume something? Therein lies the real risks. Outside of that, we do have this story, which I I passed over as uh, I was approaching the other story. A two-year-old showed signs of puberty after he was exposed to his dad's testosterone gel. He developed pubic hair and his height was off the charts. They thought he was four or five years old because the testosterone was causing him to get big. While it is true that biological males can produce milk, as even Naomi mentions, long-term studies have not been done. So that's my warning. People have gone to prison for providing diets they got off the internet. Just because you read this online and induced lactation does not mean you're providing your child with adequate nutrition. And the hormones that pass through your body that you're taking could cause serious harm to this child. I do not know where this goes. But other than that, I can say this. For those that oppose it, short of passing laws, there's nothing you can really do about it. Because you won't know. The police aren't going to go, going to go into the homes of these people and figure out what they're doing to these kids. Is it probable cause worthy to say that a biological male is breastfeeding a child? They're not going to, there's no way you're going to get a court order for that. Unless, of course, legislation is passed saying male body milk is not sufficient for a child. And that's going to take scientific research. So the cultural and moral questions being raised here, I find, are very, very interesting as we enter this transhumanist future. I do not believe the likely outcome will be in favor of the transhumanists. I don't. I do believe we may head towards an AI metaverse reality where we don't become transhuman. We create digital personifications of ourselves that can fit whatever personality we want. You enter the virtual world, you plug in, and then you're the carrot you wanted to be your whole life. Oh, no, rabbits run. But altering our bodies, hmm, not entirely sure, not entirely sure. But maybe in a long enough future, in a long enough future, humans will eventually develop the technology to actually rapidly change themselves in real ways, which brings me to a more interesting philosophical question pertaining to transhumanism. Right now, the concern people have is that a male can't become female. Male, uh, human beings have mammary glands. Males are underdeveloped and they typically don't develop. In rare occasions with hormonal imbalances, tumors, etc., men, men may naturally lactate. Wouldn't necessarily call it naturally, but it's not drug-induced. It's just, you know, something happens to the body and they do. 
But many people have said, I guess the question is, I think Joe Rogan talked about this. If a person could walk into, let's say there's a big machine and you could walk in and down to your DNA, it would alter you and make you from female to male or male to female. Would there be a problem then? It's an interesting question. The question seems to be right now that people are being told as males to surgically alter themselves, sterilize themselves, or in other ways, cause harm to themselves. And they're not really women. And then within this ideology, there is males competing against females, and it's unfair. A new report from the NIH shows that transgendered individuals who are male still have an advantage, even if they suppress testosterone. But what if a human being could, down to their smallest bit of DNA, actually become fully female? Then would there be an issue? I think most people would probably say no on a scientific ground. And a lot of people might say yes on a spiritual ground. You should be happy with who you are. But there's a big challenge then culturally. If we ever do develop that, develop that technology to rewrite DNA, and maybe they can do it with viruses, or maybe we get to advanced mRNA or mDNA manipulation, and someone undergoes a period of like two years of injections, which actually changes all their DNA and makes them biologically female, and then somehow reconfigures the cells in their body. I don't know, whatever. Let's say the technology gets invented, because I think humans can invent this technology. You wouldn't know. You would just see a female. And you wouldn't know if they were male or not male. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess what I'm trying to get to is the only reason any of this is happening is because we isolated the hormones that actually cause lactation. We've isolated the hormones that make someone develop secondary male characteristics or female characteristics. And now we've started suppressing and inducing these developments in humans without the technology there is no transgender affirming anything. There's just people who maybe wish something, but then don't say anything. But now that the technology exists, people are starting to embrace it. What happens when the technology advances beyond just crude surgeries and hormones? And we actually develop, say, the ability to rewrite DNA. We're there. We can rewrite DNA. Now, whether or not we, these gene therapies actually can become permanent you might need, uh, you know, things like that. Those are challenges, but gene therapies exist. And we can use viruses and other things to genetically modify organisms. We're studying these things to remove uh, defects that cause certain diseases. We want to cure someone who's not producing enough of a certain protein. So, you know, may, may, maybe there's a protein missing in their body, their body's breaking down. We want to fix that. What happens when we get to that point where you literally can be the carrot or some facsimile of? It's going to be interesting in the future, and there will be very strong moral and legal consequences as the technology develops. Consider that. Whatever your opinion on any of this may be, I assume for most of you, it's probably discussed, and uh, you're certainly entitled to feel that way. But the question of the legality, I think, will be interesting because this is not so simple as to say you're ideologically opposed or not. We're talking about the health of a baby, 
And maybe it's true. I think it's probably likely the baby will, will be fine. The baby is getting some kind of food. But the hormones that are in this, if this baby undergoes some kind of cancerous development or starts uh, developing earlier or has test- androgen suppressed due to sperm and lactone or something like that, passing into the milk. I mean, this this is going to be there's going to be serious criminal qual- uh, ramifications for this. You can't give your baby drugs through some circuitous means. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, drag queens who dress up like nuns. Apparently, they've been around since the 1970s. The Dodgers have reinvited them to Pride Night after cutting them. Now, I have a question for the left. Wouldn't this be hate speech? Like, if a dude put on blackface and went around and danced around, that's insulting to black people. That's why people get canceled for doing blackface. This right here is a really excellent example of the hypocrisy of the left and why y'all shouldn't take them seriously. Now, if you're a tribalist and you just hate another group of people, then you're probably okay with men dressing up like female religious women and insulting them and mocking their religion. You're probably going to say, well, they're bad people, therefore it's justified. Yeah, hatred exists for this reason. You know what I think it is? I think the tribalist left genuinely just think that people on the right, for no reason, hate a particular group of people. That's the idea they tend to to, uh, convey. When in reality, what they describe as hate may actually be something like genuine concern. You got Billboard Chris, for example. He's the guy, he wears the sandwich board of corrugated plastic, he says. And he says uh, children can't consent to puberty blockers. They would say, you just hate. Well, no, he's got a clearly defined concern. I think what you see on the left with stories like this is perfectly exemplifies it. The left just hates. Not all of them, not every single person. But there is at its core, people pushing something like suppression of free speech. They say they want to ban hate speech. When in reality, they just want to silence anyone who disagrees with them and their political ideology. Because if the left really cared about diversity and uh, banning hate speech, they would not celebrate men insulting to one of the most extreme degrees Christians. But they hate Christians, genuinely. Despite the fact there are a lot of Christians who are calm, normal people, and there are a lot of churches, which Christians would probably describe as not Christian, that are embracing a lot of this stuff anyway. My point with this story, let let me me read a little bit for you. The LA Dodgers announced... The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a well-known San Francisco order of queer and trans nuns, has existed since the 1970s, are once again welcome to the team's annual Pride Night. Last week, the baseball team rescinded the group's invitation after a Republican senator from Florida wrote a letter accusing the sisters, a group which came to prominence during the AIDS crisis, of being anti-Christian activists. The group, which does charitable and protest work in addition to its street drag shows, Traction performances was set to receive an award during a ceremony before a 16th of June game against the San Francisco Giants. Some conservative Roman Catholics and politicians, including Florida's Republican Senator Marco Rubio, had accused the group of mocking nuns in the Christian faith. Rubio's press office had celebrated the Dodgers' exclusion of the nuns last week with an email blast titled, Rubio Knocks Out Wokeism from the LA Dodgers. On Monday, in the face of outrage from the LGBTQ groups across the country, the baseball team reversed course. We have asked the scissors of perpetual indulgence to take their place. Okay, yeah, 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 you get the point. Conservatives, file a lawsuit. 
Look, I'm all about free speech. I don't care if this group wants to come and do a performance. I mean, there are questions about drag shows for children at a baseball game, probably not appropriate. But in terms of a show that is intended to convey a message that does not contain sexual uh, ideas, that is, if they're dressed like nuns wearing robes and they're just intending to mock Christians, fine, go ahead and do it. I just don't want to associate with you. Much like if a bunch of people went out and did blackface, I wouldn't want to associate with them either. Like, I just kind of like the uh, don't be a dick kind of thing. But to be fair, I think we have gone past the point of no return in the culture war and people just genuinely despise the ideology of the other to the point where there is no mending it. There is no conversation to be had. These people are grooming children. So it's just like, yeah, I don't care. But you want to have a culture war? We'll have a culture war. If you are a conservative in Los Angeles, you must file a lawsuit for religious discrimination. The state does not have the right to mock openly a religion. And these are the laws passed by the left. So embrace it. Embrace it. They want to say no, no religious ideological uh, indoctrination in schools. Yet they bring about their insane cult ideology in the schools as it is. They are saying one thing and doing another. I'm not a fan of that. So here's what you do. If you live in California, you have standing and you can file a claim for religious discrimination. They are openly mocking and insulting you based on your religious beliefs. Religion is a protected class. The left would not tolerate a bunch of right wingers dressing up like offensive stereotypes of any other group of people. But when it comes to Christians, they're absolutely OK with it because they hate you. OK, well, that's what the law is supposed to be preventing. If you're Christian, you can be able to live your life and do your thing. You can advocate for what you want to advocate for. If the left wants to advocate against Christians, they're also allowed to do that. But if you're going to have a public accommodation where you welcome in the public, but then you openly mock one group of people, I think it's fair to say that violates the left's own rules. And therefore, rules for radicals dictates it's time to play hardball. And this is where we're at. They celebrate this. In the new statement, the Dodgers said they will continue working with LGBTQ plus partners to better educate them ourselves, find ways to strengthen the ties that bind us and use our platform to support all our fans who make up the diversity of the Dodgers family. Among the groups who said they were dropping out of the Dodgers 10th annual Pride Night was the sisters, uh, was the sisters with the sisters was L.A. Pride, blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, we, we get, get it. The group denied it was anti-Catholic on its website. The group said it uses humor and irreverent wit to expose forces of bigotry, complacency and guilt that chain the human spirit. A longtime L.A. area Catholic nun and Dodgers fan, Sister Joanne D. Quattro, also wrote a letter to the L.A. Times in support of the queer group saying the Catholic vote, one of the conservative political groups pushing for the sisters exclusion, does not speak for me and my many sisters. DeQuatro wrote that the sisters are performing what we have traditionally called the corporal works of mercy. Yeah, they're not. On Saturday, the mayor of Anaheim, Ashley Aitken, tweeted an invitation for the sisters to join her for the L.A. Pride night on June 7th. This is where we are, my friends, in the culture war. The left will openly mock your religion while arguing that hate speech must be banned. I think everybody should be able to make fun of everybody's religion. I believe a person should be able to make fun of anybody they want for any reason they want. I believe that crimes should not be criminally charged. People should not be criminally charged for crimes because of their motivations, but for the actions that they did. Hate crimes make no sense. But of course, this will all be weaponized against you because these people are cultists who dress in crazy ways and believe crazy things. They want to sterilize and castrate children. They're doing it all now. 
Now, I don't uh, I'm not a Christian, not a big fan of organized religion as it is. Personally, I do believe in God. But what does that really mean to you? There's a lot of things that it could mean. And to people who are religious, they probably perceive that as something closer to what they believe. I'm not an atheist. Um, I do believe that there is a God, but I believe it's more of an Einsteinian God. This, I think we as science understanding individuals can, can recognize that a greater power, whatever it may be, whatever form it may take, does exist. That is to say, I don't view it as a person. I don't view it in the traditional Christian way. But who knows what that really means? I mean, I think that uh, we in this universe are but small, tiny specks in a great and massive reality that we can barely understand. But I digress. What I see here is chaos and order. And chaos is taking hold and gaining an advantage and, and, and strengthening over order. There should be a propensity towards order. There should be, in this world, organization. We make things better. We make things work better. We create complex systems. We go to the moon, we go to the stars. We make more people. We make life safer. We make people stronger. We make them better. But what we've seen with the far left over the past several, uh, over the past decade is that they have begun to dominate the conversation into chaos, self-indulgence, and decay. And if that persists, we as a people cease to exist. War, crisis, famine, disorder. You've got economic crises right now. Chaos is taking hold. I take a look at the works of Elon Musk and I see a propensity, to, uh, a propensity towards order. Colonizing the stars can help humans survive forever planting those seeds. This hypocrisy, absolute hypocrisy. You can have disdain for the Catholic Church. You can have disdain for all Christians. You can openly mock them. But you cannot advocate for laws to ban hate speech and then come out and openly mock a religion claiming that you're not. Because if this is the game you want to play, nothing is stopping people on the right from doing the same thing for trans people or for other uh, other LGBTQ plus people. You can't have it both ways. The fact that they're trying to show is that all they really want is power. Sorry, I don't play that game. You are hypocrites and you are liars. And so you will get nothing from me. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. A video is going viral showing a man tearing down the LGBT pride display, but it's not as crazy as you think. When I see this story, I'm like, wow, things are getting spicy out there. And then I watch the video and it's like a guy takes a small piece of cardboard, puts it on the ground and steps on it. And that's really it. But I do think it's interesting that people are seeking to get viral fame by being anti-woke. This is a component of the Bud Light effect. When people realize they can get millions of views, and they can, from calling out woke corporations, they will start doing it. Target shopper tears down pride sign as fury over LGBTQ merch spills into the aisles. Let me tell you a story, my friends. When Kid Rock fired upon Bud Light the first time, I knew about the story. I didn't care all that much. I was like, yeah, you know, it's interesting. These boycotts, they pop up from time to time. So I did a smaller short segment explaining what was going on. And I got like half a million views in a couple hours. And I went, wow, people really do care about this. Well, let me look into it more and see what's going on. So I made more videos. It is a natural component of I follow the news. Clearly, this was the big story for people. And uh, it did really well. Now, I don't I don't do uh, videos 
just for views, but view, it, it, it plays a role. Of course it does. If I made a video and like nobody watched it at all, I'd be like, oh, people probably don't care about that issue all that much. So, you know, we'll find a time and a place for it if it matters to us. There are a lot of videos I put out that I know people probably aren't going to want to watch, but I think it matters. So I, you know, I make the videos anyway. A video I did yesterday and the day before, they got less than 100K views, which is atypical. Typically, the videos I make get, you know, 100 and some odd thousand, maybe 200,000. But I thought they were important. In the case of Anheuser-Busch, I knew that not only was this a big story, but people really cared. And I said, this is a perfect storm. Not only do I agree that they shouldn't be sponsoring this stuff, people really like these videos. This should be a story we follow, something that people actually care about. Well, what you can see here with this video is probably somebody who just thinks, I'm going to go viral if I do something. Probably true. So what does he do? Tears down part of this display, throws it on the ground. This could be a major shift in the culture war when people realize that viral fame does not come from being woke and just doing whatever the corporations want, but that influence and attention are generated when you oppose the creepy, insane death cult of the left. That is a major advantage. Here's the story. They say the Minneapolis-based chain lost $9 billion, blah, blah, blah. Ethan Schmidt, a 24-year-old far-right internet personality who previously made headlines for his off-color remarks, is seen tossing the rainbow-colored sign to the floor before stomping on it and kicking it. Another self-proclaimed patriot and activist, Scott Lobido, filmed himself on Wednesday at a Staten Island Target location shouting Memorial Day weekend, where is the display supporting and showing homage to the men and women of the military? I mean, that's a really good question. It's Memorial Day. Here we can see this guy. I don't alt right. Is he? I don't know if that, that that's I don't know who this guy is, to be honest. Throws it on the ground. He's got a Trump 20 a Trump 2024 shirt. Steps on it. There's a couple of little made in China pieces of ish here. He adds pointing to a small three shelf section with red, white and blue paraphernalia. In November, do we get a veterans display that says proud to be a veteran? No, we do not. Lobito says before a target employee approaches and asks him to stop screaming. I just talk loud, he replied. Get rid of the kids ish that doesn't belong in here. You cater to the 0.1%. You're going to go down like Budweiser. One target shopper provided a more cheeky protest, placing a case of Bud Light in Iraq promoting pride items. A reference to the beer, ba- beer brand and uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah, you, 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 it's just why did you add that New York Post? Come on. Completed the target display, wrote one Twitter user. This is what I'm talking about. People are making videos and photos like this because they're getting tons of viral attention from it. The algorithms can only do so much. You know, YouTube, if they had their way, they would block my show. Timcast IRL would get shut down. I see it all the time. When we put out music, does it get added to YouTube music? Does it? Nope. Do our views get counted? Nope. They don't like it. Same thing with Tom McDonald. They do not like us having an influence in the culture war. So when I see top podcasts, Despite the fact that we have a top podcast, if not the top podcast on YouTube, what do we get? Not, not featured at all. Nothing. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting that we can get 60 plus million views per month, 120 million views during the election and more, and they keep us out of all of this. I find it really, really fascinating. But I think it's fairly obvious. The algorithms are working against you and I. And what we end up with, uphill battle. Despite all of the algorithmic manipulations, censorship, these people are still making content, mocking the wokeness because it's getting the views, because people are sharing it. You cannot stop humans as much as they really, really wish they could. 
Now, I don't I don't agree with pulling the thing down and stomping on it. That's someone's private property. They're allowed to do it. You can boycott the company. They said the company's stock has dropped nearly 20% since the controversy. Wow. Holy crap. It's a 20% down now. Earlier, I did a segment. It was down only a little bit. The discount chain, which is more than 450,000 workers and roughly 1,900 locations nationwide, has pulled some of its pride-friendly clothing from its stores. The spokesperson cited threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work. Stop trying to target children. Seriously. Here we go. I want to show you the real world. It's a story from June 2020. Knoxville man arrested after vandalism of gay pride display at Target. Interesting. They say that uh, according to Knoxville police, the suspect uh, spray painted an entire section of LGBTQ pride clothing and merchandise, causing $3,800 plus worth of damage. He was arrested at his home Wednesday night. An arrest report states that on Monday, June 13th, suspect walked into Target, sprayed red paint, fingerprints taken from a can of spray paint confirm his identity, according to the report. Video from Target and the retailer where the paint and it were brought confirm as well. There you go. I don't know what happened to this guy, but, uh, you know, when you look up the story, this is what you find. Then there's this. Michigan man gets community service for shooting anti-abortion campaigner. Yeah, I think it was an 84-year-old woman was going door to door advocating against abortion. So a man shot her. He got charged with, um, what did he get? He pleaded no contest to felonious assault, careless discharge of a firearm causing injury and reckless dis- discharge of a firearm. Apparently, he said it was, it was an accident. Yo, this woman shows up at a house saying abortion is bad, knocks on the door, argues with this a woman. The husband comes out and shoots the pro-life woman. Are you kidding me? Yo, I've dealt with some nasty people, but when does it ever warrant just shooting them? That's what he did. He's got to pay restitution. They say Jacobson was shot at Harvey's home in Odessa Township. Jacobson told investigators that she was asking a woman at the home to vote against a proposed constitutional amendment that would guarantee the right to abortion in the state when she was told to leave. The amendment later passed. Harvey has said the shooting was accidental, but Jacobson has maintained she believes it was intentional after she had argued with Harvey's wife, Sharon Harvey. Jacobson was treated at a hospital for a shoulder wound. How many stories like this do we have to have? If you go and you commit some vandalism, you get arrested. This guy, after pleading no contest, gets community service. Now, don't get me wrong. They were both arrested. I get it. But you can have these people in San Francisco go to stores and loot them blind and the cops do nothing. But if a conservative comes in or someone who opposes the the pride stuff, they're going to get arrested for sure. The far left goes and vandalizes the home of politicians. Cops say, oh, gee, we can't figure it out but they will hunt this person down. You take a look at what's going on in law enforcement, and it is obvious. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in a civil war. It just has not reached the most extreme levels yet, but it's happening. The powers of government are being weaponized. Cultural institutions are being weaponized. The left can openly mock Christians in the LA, uh, in, in the LA State Coliseum. I believe it's, no, maybe it's not the Coliseum, the Dodgers Stadium. I think it's different. They can openly make fun of it and say, but you're not allowed to engage in hate speech. They are wielding the power against you. And I'm just so fascinated by the people on the right who just sit back and are like, oh, well, might as well do nothing. Now, part of me, I'll tell you, I think what the real goal of this segment is, is not to say that you're losing. It's to say we're winning. That's right. 
I don't agree with going and vandalizing someone's private property, so don't do that. But the fact that Target is freaking out, the Bud Light effect is strong. Get woke, go broke. And now the anti-woke people mean business. And what does that mean? It means they take their business elsewhere. Your stock will fall. Your sales will drop. Do you really want to lose the money? We are building a parallel economy. That's why we have Jeremy's Chocolate, Jeremy's Razors. It's why we launched CastBrewCoffee.com. We are creating spaces where the money that you give when you buy products will provide influence elsewhere. Here's the best part. When you support TimCast.com, our headquarters is West Virginia. That means the people we hire, they live out here. The money they get, the money they spend will build the influence of people living in the second most Trump supporting state in the country. We shift those resources. We win. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.